start the sermon. And I thought, well, you know, as long as we've talked about it, let's talk about giving. That's a, another really great topic, okay? No. <clears throat> um, this one is actually about what Jesus had to say about the offering. And it's really an interesting story. When we give, we like to give in private, don't we? Um, it's a pretty private thing. Um, you'd feel real uncomfortable if the person next to you turned and were sort of staring at the offering plate as it went in front of you, and you knew they were watching to see what you put in. Um, we keep that very secret at this church. Um, the people who count the offering, which is just a small group of trustees, and the bookkeeper and the treasurer are the only people who know what people give. We see that as very private. Some of that is actually because of what Jesus said, you know, when you give, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. And he goes on to say, that's because we want your giving to be to impress God, not to impress other people. And that's why we keep it in secret. Which makes this story pretty interesting. We're looking at different events that happened in Jesus' life as he's heading to Jerusalem the last time. Well, this story happens in Jerusalem. And that is when Jesus basically was watching the offering. And he never thought of it that way, but he tells us he was. And um, for you to understand this, I want to... I actually love teaching, so we're going to have a little lesson here. This is the temple. This is Herod's temple. This is when Jesus would have been there. Uh, one of the things I want you to understand is, first of all, look up in the right corner up there. There's an American football field, and beside it is the layout of the temple. So we're talking a huge building, and the whole center was open, but basically this court of the priests, the temple courtyard, nobody, we didn't get to go there. That was just for the priests, maybe you once for a sacrifice or something. Out here was where all the action, it was called the women's courtyard, but basically all the Jews could go there. And it was this enormous space. And you could gather there. In some ways, you would call it the city center of Jerusalem. This is where Jesus did a lot of his teaching. There was always huge crowds there, lots of things going on. It was really a center of Jerusalem. And that's where this story takes place that we're going to look at today. Um, I ran across this this week. This is a architectural architecture. Uh, an architect, but one who were ancient history architect. This is what it was like to stand in the courtyard of the women. You could look over the wall and see the holy place, the holy of holies, but there were big doors there. And out here, and there were pillars all around, was this huge courtyard. And there were four, look at those towers, those were the street lights. Except they just had lamps at the top with oil. That's all they had for light. So, then the story takes place here. This is the pillars and the covered area all around the court of the women. But notice right over here, there's a big wooden box, and above that box, there's a metal funnel. And that was where you gave your offering. And they were big. And that was a big metal funnel. You can see the people in front of it in proportion. There were 13 of those spaced around the court of the women. And so as you were coming, you could come and give your offering in any of those. And that's where Jesus 
was sitting one day, and he tells a story about it. It's over in Mark 12. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put. One of those big boxes with a big metal funnel in the top. And he watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. I just love to get that picture. Whether he was leaning against one of the columns or sitting against the wall, and he was just sitting there watching as people were coming by and dropping their offering in. And we know, uh, historians write about it, these big metal funnels could make a lot of noise. And there was a temptation in that. If you wanted to get a lot of attention, of course, all the money back then was coins. There was no such thing as paper money. Everything was a coin. So if you wanted to really appear holy and making a big sacrifice, you brought a lot of little coins and you just slowly trinkled them in. So it was just this long noise of you putting in all your money. And people would do that. And of course, you didn't have to do it that way. That was your call. And of course, the size of the gift was your choice. So Jesus was watching all of this going on. And then he says, many rich people threw in large amounts. But a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins. They were worth only a few cents. And here was Jesus watching all of this offering happening, this giving to the temple. After he watched it for a while, he got the disciples together. And we know the lesson he drew out of that for us, for them, for us. Calling the, in verse 43, calling the disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all of the others. Now that's almost counterintuitive, so he goes on to explain why he would say that. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. Jesus wanted to, the disciples to understand a principle that was sort of counterintuitive or illogical, you might call it. And that is, how do you determine the value of a gift, the worth of that gift? Our first reaction will be, obviously, the bigger the gift, the more it's worth. Those who could put in a lot of coins where it took a lot of time and a lot of noise for all that money to go in, well, that must have been the bigger gift, the more valuable gift. But Jesus said, that's not how you estimate the worth of a gift. Jesus wanted to see and wanted us to understand that God might not be impressed with the biggest gift. The value of the gift is, comes from what it has cost us. And that's why Jesus said God was probably more impressed, not probably, God was more impressed by that widow, even though she only gave a couple pennies, because for her, that was her income for the week. And those others, yeah, they gave a lot of money, but it was just out of what they were comfortable with. The issue is not the size of the gift, but what that gift matters to the giver. The cost of that gift to the giver. For her, it was her whole income for that week. And Jesus said, because of that, that cost to her, God was very impressed with her gift, even though it was small. And opposite of that, Jesus also pointed out that there were gifts that were quite large, 
And those gifts might have impressed a lot of other people, but God knew that that large gift was really out of their excess. Didn't really cost them much at all. They had plenty of money, and so for them, God was not really that impressed. God knew that. And so in this story, there is another lesson for us as we journey towards Easter. And one I wanted us to stop and notice. We can't deceive God. God doesn't just look at the outside things that we look at. God doesn't just look at the size of the check, the amount of the offering. And it's not just money. I mean, this can be applied to the time we give, the, the, how we use our abilities and our talents for Him. God doesn't just look at that size, but He also looks at what does it cost us? How much of a sacrifice was it? Because you see, that reveals the condition of our heart. And that's what God is concerned with. Remember what the prophet Samuel said over when he was looking at David. And God says, Samuel, it's not all the other brothers because I don't look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And you see, the cost of our gift, what it costs us, that's what shows God how important He is to us. Whether it's the money we give or the time we offer Him, or using our talents to help Him or some work of His, some act of kindness, some act of forgiveness, that others, to others it may seem like that was a very small thing, but to us we know that was a huge struggle to express that forgiveness and to let go of some offense. And God looks at those and says, thank you, I know what that cost you. I know what that meant to you. And that's what matters to God. There's both good news in this and a challenge in it. The good news is if we are like the widow, there can be things that we give God, whether that is an amount of money, whether that is an amount of time, and others may look at that and say, well, that wasn't very much. That's all you could give, or that's all you could do, or that's all the time you could give. But we understand that that was a huge sacrifice, and God sees that. And we see that God isn't comparing. God isn't comparing what we give to what somebody else gives. He is just looking to see, what does it tell me about your heart? How important am I to you? And if there was a sacrifice for you involved in that, then God says, thank you, I see that. And I understand that. I know your heart. And that gift was very meaningful to me. But there's obviously the other people in this story, and that's a challenge for us. Because some of us aren't like that widow. Some of us are comfortable. And whether that is with our money and the resources that we have or the time we have or the talents and abilities we have, and are we in our comfort only giving to God out of our excess? Our excess time, when we can fit it in, when we've got time available, or our excess money? Or are we realizing that we need to push ourselves to give God a sacrifice to indicate to Him, you matter to us. I will make time for this. I have five other things I could do, but if you need my help, I will make time to help you. And God said, I understand that and I appreciate that. Or in the amount of that gift 
of money or in whatever way it might be, God challenges us in all of this. What is the cost of that gift to you? What is that said to me, God says. And as Jesus makes this observation, there's one final thing we need to notice, and that is what Jesus is about to do. He is about to give God the greatest gift that will cost Him everything, His life. And it is for us how much we matter to Jesus and how much God's will and God's plan matter to Him. And He gave the greatest gift that cost Him everything. The, the writer of Hebrews says at one point, for, for, for seeing what Christ did, what a challenge that is to us to imitate Him and what we have gained through His sacrifice and he says, now come, I need to ask you, what will you give? What will you give and what does it cost you? And what does that say to the Father? A widow has been remembered for 2,000 years for giving a gift of two pennies because of the lesson Jesus drew from that and has passed on to us. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this story from Jesus. It's such a simple story, and yet it speaks to us. It makes us look at our hearts and wonder, what are we giving you, and what does it say to you? What does it cost us? Help us accept that challenge. Because when we look at Jesus and the gift he gave us and what it cost him, we are called to be like Him. Help us understand that. We pray this in His name. Amen.